Here we are for another episode of the Nerd Boys Podcast. Got my boy Jay Adams on the line. Got my mom, Carrie O'Horn, on the line. Special guest, my homegirl, May, on the line. Mm-hmm. So tonight, we're going to talk more about police brutality, especially now that we got my mom and Jay on the line. So uh, cue the intro. Nigga got it bad cause I'm brown and not the other color so police think they have the authority to kill a minority welcome to the nerd boys podcast now we're gonna uh we're gonna talk a little bit about police brutality now it's about uh it's, well, it's been about a month now right ma since that, that stuff happened with destiny a few weeks it was on the 25th of January 25th of January all right, now we got we got my sister. I want to get her on the podcast, but uh, but we we gonna get her on for a future episode. But uh, May, you was there. Definitely. Tell us, tell us what happened. Okay, so um, they claimed that they flashed the lights on us, but I didn't see any lights flash to pull us over. So what um, my best friend did was pull over in the parking lot of the Chinese um, restaurant on um, Genesee and Bailey. And four police, white policemen um, came up to the car with flashing lights, four deep, um, tapping on the window, saying, um, where's her, you know, her ID, whatever. She didn't have no ID or license, so she told them that. Then they're like, um, then she said, what are you putting me over for? So they're like, um, you don't have no ID, you don't have no driver license, get off the car. So she's like, um, why do I have to get off the car? So uh, we like just get out the car, you know what I mean? Me and my friends just like get out the car. So she didn't um, want to get out the car because she was asking why. So what they did was open her door, they opened the door, and they dragged her out the car. They dragged her out the car, and she was like, "Why are you touching me? Don't touch me!" So they they they're still grabbing her. Period. Still grabbing her out the car, forcefully and very um, aggressively. And um, Destiny like, um, call my mom, call my mom. And I'm like, okay, boom. So what's the name in the, in the, in the passenger seat? She calls the mom, she calls you. Um, after that, and she, they arrested her. They arrested her. They put her in the back of the car. After that, the dude, the white dude on my left side starts getting ar- aggressive with me. He's like, oh, put your hands in the car. On, on the passenger seat, so we already go ahead on the passenger seat. But the way he was saying it, I'm like, you don't gotta talk smart to me. Don't talk smart. Don't get smart. I'm not getting smart with you. So he's like, what did I just say? I said, I don't give a fuck what you say. I'm just saying, don't get smart with me. I'm not getting smart with you. So he opens the car and he's like, get out the car. All of us get out the car. So the one girl that's pregnant, she's like, don't grab me. I'm pregnant. So she gets on. He they gets her out the car. We all get out the car. I get in the um, police car. 
And they're like, let me see your ID, whatever, whatever. So I give them my, my credit card. They're like, okay, does that have your name? And I'm like, yeah. So they run my name. They let me go. They kept Destiny. They let, um, what's the name of Yeah, they let him go. Let the bitty mother go. And she, and they said, um, what's, what's your friend's name? I said, Destiny. They was like, um, what's her last name? I said, I don't know. Who cares that? Precious. What's Precious last name? I don't know. Y'all find it on your own. So boom, they're like, um, okay, why she acting like that? I said, I don't know. <sighs> then they got mad at me because I kept saying, I don't know. But figure out yourself. And the way I was going aggressive, I was already mad as hell. Y'all going aggressive as hell. I came four deep to the car and y'all were disrespectful. And then the one dude, um, when we were trying to call call the mom, um, cousin, he grabbed the phone and he like the um the police dude punched the car window. And I said, are you serious? I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, you didn't have to even do all that. Like, calm down. And then, boom, when they pulled us over in 4D, we was cracking up because it's like, y'all aggressive as hell. Yeah, disrespectful, first of all. So we started laughing. So I guess they felt doodle as hell. So they're like, oh, oh, um, get out the car. To her and shit. Pulling out the car, then that's when they got um the pregnant girl out the car and shit, cause she had the phone recording the shit. So they was mad. Then they tried to delete the shit. Oh, boom! This is the fire details. They tried to um delete the fucking video. The video was already in the um. I they tried to delete it. The shit was already in the background a little. You know how you delete shit in the iPhone and it's got a backup delete section. So she recovered the video. And looked at it, and me and your cousin walking on the street to my, to um, her house, to her mom's house. We cracking the fuck up because they're trying to delete a video that you got caught. They got caught. Period. Y'all got caught. They're trying to delete some evidence. Because y'all was being disrespectful. And y'all was aggressive as fuck. Like, disrespectful. Punching her glass window, and you can hear me in the video like, are you serious? Like, it was not necessary for you to punch the window. It was like, come on now. And you didn't do no damage. You were just trying to be aggressive and trying to scare my fuckers. You wasn't scaring me. It was no black police at all. It was fucking white men. And then it came to motherfucking destroy. Period. How long had they pulled you over before they pulled her out the car? Like after they after they pulled her out the car, they pulled me. They, I mean, I mean, like, from the stop when they when they came to the door, and she, and she was asking them, and she was asking them, um, why did she have to get out the car? How long? It was like that? twenty minutes before that because it took them a long time to de- detain her. What do you mean? So when the time y'all got stopped, so the time they actually put her out the car it was like twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, because when she pulled over and shit, they was really like focused on her. They was talking to her. They wasn't saying nothing to the back. See, they just told us to put our hands up. We did whatever, whatever. And they was focused on her. So it took like 20 minutes. And on the car, the car was like, the car's in your name, right? Uh-uh. Um, it's in Precious' name. Yeah. The, okay. insurance is, the insurance was in my name. Okay, because can't they, uh, don't they got the scanners to run like insurance and all that? They probably did that when they realized that. That's why they put higher than they did. Yeah, that's, well, what they I, 
Well, they mentioned my name in the, in the video. Um, it's it was like um, three parts to the video that she sent me. The you know what? They did because when we played back the video, they did say that. Now I got a quick question. I wanted to know: uh, Were you in the back seat or the front seat of the car? I was the back. I was in the back seat. Okay, because I'm watching the video now, and I'm trying to figure out why this officer aggressively slammed the passenger door <laughs> closed this for him. There you go. I mean, he slammed it very um, aggressively. Uh, okay, the reason why he did that because um, I had asked him. I'm like, "What's the attitude for?" I'm like, "Um." Why are you so aggressive? Why are you talking to me nasty? Don't talk to me nasty. I'm not talking to you nasty. And the way he was, he was going out like, oh, I said what I said, and this, that, and that. I said, I don't care what you said, but you ain't going to say it like that. Period. And he was being nasty for no reason. Because I already had my hands up on the passenger seat. Mm -hmm. was. So what was the, I don't get you. So did they search the vehicle? They searched the vehicle up and down. And I seen it through the motherfucking um, um, police car when I was sitting in it. They did search it because her phone was still in there recording. And that's when they said my name. And mm -hmm. then I don't know if they realized that they were being recorded. But then that that was when it stopped. But that's probably when they realized it when it was searching the car, trying to delete the video. Didn't think that it deleted and it wasn't deleted. So um, has a complaint been filed since then? I don't know, but I could say some few words because I don't like how they was acting. Mm -hmm. They was aggressive as hell. Flashlights, four deep. I mean, one at each window. One, two, three, four. Hey, Ma, or, or do one of y'all got the, got the audio that we could actually play for the podcast? Yeah, call mom. Call your mom. Call your mom. This shit is not. I'm getting out. Stay in the car. Stay in the car. For what? Stay in the car. I'm not the one driving. Stay in the car. Stay in the car. Stay in the car. Close the door. Stay in the car. I'm staying in the car. Don't you see me staying here? Can you close that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'm pregnant. Please put your hands on me. Please do, because I didn't do shit. I'm not the one driving. You can't hold me for nothing. I'm not driving. I can, I can walk away if I want to. I'm not driving. Where's her phone? I don't even know her password.
This is sickening. It is. I mean, this is just totally sickening to watch this type of shit going on. Um, and you got a black police commissioner that sits up and it seems like he just can't dig up his black ass and find a goddamn give a fuck about what the fuck his officers are doing under his direction. And there's so, an old saying that says that if if um this is an old saying, um, if the leader ain't shit. And if his rank and file ain't shit, then he damn sure ain't shit and vice versa. There you go. And um, this is just ridiculous. And then also, as I'm listening to the audio, I'm hearing an officer's radio where they're saying, slow the cars down to Bailey and Genesee. Exactly. As if they're dealing with a felony stop. So check this out. Ma. Yeah. You ain't hear the part where the dude came up to me and he said, "Um, put your hands up on the... uh, on the passenger seat where Destiny at, and he was I being mad aggressive. No, I know they were being aggressive because I heard you saying like, like, um, yeah, like you ain't gotta. I told him, I said you ain't gotta say it like that. You said ain't nobody moving. Like why y'all being so aggressive? Nobody yeah. was moving whole time. Nobody was moving. Right, but that's just it. That's like cold talk for get over here so we can yank them out and do whatever we gonna do. Right. Because then they would say, oh, well, we told him not to move or if like when he hit the window. Yeah, he hit the window because they were, he, he um. No, but I'm um, saying when he hit the window, that was like, like other officers could have came over there and, and went to grab everybody. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, That's what they they thought they was shot. Or, or they could have shot because they thought that, you know. Right. They, they, they 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 so they create, uh-huh. they create scenarios like that. Right. right. Yeah, it's all of manufactured. Course. Exactly. And that's what they told us. All of us to get out the car. So right. this is so y'all tell me this is the type of stuff they do, and, and that's they can, why people say, yeah, and they could easily be like, oh, so they got a gun, and then you exactly. go got four officers shooting to a car of, of innocent people that's on our. But all of our heads were up here, and then when we, and then your cousin uh, was giving Shorty the phone in the in the passenger seat. To call Carol, they got mad, and the dude right. punched the window because he clearly it saw that they were the passing the phone because it was right. under the seat, which exactly was by the window exactly. that he hit. Exactly. So he's exactly. like, "Stop!" He's like, "Stop moving!" Like to to so that the other other officers would um if there was come like over and be yes they would have came over there and there you go, man. So but they did the window. It would have been like. Uh, at some point, was it more than four officers there? It was like 10 of them motherfuckers there. 10 of them. I, I remember. It was like two more cars pull up, and it was four of the other motherfuckers. It was like 10 of them. 10 of them. And I know it was like one female, because that's me said like a female. Yeah, it was she one female, female that was talking her, to me. She said the female pulled her hair or something, right, Ma? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was... Um, she yeah. would have um, pat me down, went mm-hmm. to my shit, so was talking to me. Mm-hmm. She asked me what was Destiny's last name, and I said I don't know. But she's the one that was questioning you. Yeah. So is it? Is it? I mean, I'm a little off with my laws, but I'm I'm still sure it's pretty much like a female officer is supposed to search a female, right? They they can pat them down for um weapons, but not like 
on their pants and stuff. Like, yeah, like feeling on them, like yeah. Yeah, not manipulating the pants. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right. Yep. So anyway, um, um, I recorded Destiny when she called me from jail, and she was <laughs> telling me how the female their hair, um, how they were twisting her arm, um, in different directions. You know, like ways that your army is supposed to be. It was dragging. Ma, they were dragging her too. They were dragging her out of the car, dragging her on the concrete ground. They dragged her on the they ground. They dragged her on the ground. And she told her, they she told them to stop doing that. And they did it. And they kept dragging her till they picked her up. And I remember Dusty saying to, uh, I think it was one of the, was it one of the male, I think it was a male officer that said he was going and Correct me if I get if I got this quote wrong, but he was gonna break her fucking arm. Yeah, and, and one guy into the police car after she was placed in the police car. One got in there and said that he wanted to punch her in her effing face. Excuse me. Wow, wow. I'm not surprised by that. And then after she got downtown, um, um, Officer um, Kinzerski said that. Um, she act like her mom. I said, "Well, she should. Her mom raised her, so I don't know what he meant by that." Yeah, that, that just don't make no sense. And and we were saying, um, yeah, I think out of out of all of the the, the children that carry your horn, um, I think Destiny and JJ probably got it the worst because they're the ones that's uh continuously being messed with, um. I was talking to Jay uh, the other day, and he said when uh, when Jayquan got locked up, he said that they had pictures of, of like current tattoos that he has. And you know, JJ hasn't lived here in like I think JJ hasn't really lived like cause consistently lived here in like about eight years, right? And for them to have like some of his current tattoos that he got within like the past three years is crazy, because he said he's he still is trying crazy, to. But that just shows that just shows what they're doing. Because it's like he he was never charged with no with no gang crimes. He's never charged as a as a no type of gang leader or nothing like that. Like he he don't got no felonies. Like don't none of us got felonies. So it's like. Where are y'all getting some of this information from? Like we all might have had our, you know, moments, but it's like we. we yeah, all but you know what? Stayed out of trouble. It's like white white kids have their moments too. Yes, they and do. They just kind of keep it under the rug oh, yeah. because it's like kids are gonna do certain things. Some of them are gonna be knuckleheads and do dumb stuff. But they try to make it seem like it, as if when black kids do stuff that teenagers do like getting fights and stuff like you know when you got into the fight so when she wanted to charge you with with um gang. a gang or so that was a fight it was just a fight yeah you know but you know they want to make give you felonies and stuff or give the black kids felonies and stuff which is not right mm -hmm. you know that you can literally have someone with a, with a, a white person with a gun and they they walk away unscathed um a, a, a black person with nothing is killed yeah, because right. of actions like what the police did. Um, 
stop moving, you know, to make somebody think that uh, another officer think that you're reaching for something. That Rodney stop King. Reaching. Yeah, that's that Rodney King exactly. shit. What's the kid, what's the exactly. kid man that went and shot that church up in South Dylan? Was Dylan Roof that shot that church up in uh, Dylan South Roof in Charleston, South Carolina? Yeah. Yeah, he uh, they went and bought him Burger King, but they they killed a 12 year old Tamir Rice because of what was what, a BB gun in his hand. An open carry state and a guy in, in Walmart. Yeah, and it's crazy because you know, I, I got a 12 year old, my, my oldest daughter's 12, and my son is 13. So you look at it like that, you know, it could easily be them, like, like Trayvon Martin. Dev is Dev is damn near Trayvon Martin's age. So it's like, you know, and he wasn't killed by a cop, but it was like, <laughs> it was like damn near one of them, uh, them situations where. You know, it could have been. You know, the cops told him not to mess with that boy. He did it anyway and got killed. Right. All because he started, all because of what it sounds like, he started whooping George Zimmerman in the ass. Yeah, he was whooping Well, one thing I can say is only going to get worse because uh, <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo ain't doing nothing but hiring. If you look at the last, I say about maybe eight academy classes you barely see any black faces um in those um academy class pictures they're pretty much so gentrifying the police department and putting a lot of your white suburbanites um in the buffalo police department where they're able to rip and run and catch their prey i.e niggas and then sit around the table and talk about how they fuck niggas for the day I actually could And so they fire me. They fire me for stopping police brutality, but then now my daughter's a victim of it. Right. Right. Yep. Absolutely. That's what I have a problem with. I have a big problem with that. I have a problem with it too. And it's could have and it could have been a lot, you know, it could have been a lot different, you know, if people actually did a damn job down there. And Jerry, I don't know if I ever I don't think I told you this yet. Um I actually was uh, about to be a Buffalo police officer. I was I had did the lie detector test. Now I had forgot. I really forgot I had you know smoked a little weed for my birthday. I honestly forgot because I don't smoke weed like that. And you know, he tripped me up on that question. And I think where he got me was I had whited out my answer in my booklet that they gave me. So I think he used that against me. And then I get a letter saying I got disqualified. Now I was I was pretty much there, I had an investigator come and all that stuff talk to me. <laughs> And it was like, you know, I, I was right there. So I well, first of all, I shouldn't have been smoking no weed. I know that, but even but even so, like But you ain't the only one that don't smoke weed. They no. had a whole it's all it's all I know that do that do coke. That smoke weed, do coke. Well first well, first of all, that that uh polygraph exam is subjective anyway. Those are the things that they use to be able to wipe out the undesirables that they don't want. Second of all, um, I don't give a goddamn if you smoke weed because um, I'm not going to mention any names um, and you'll know who I'm talking about, but there's a rookie officer that they hired that I grew up with on Andover who was fired shortly after he passed his FTO because he was actually growing marijuana and selling dope out of his Floss Avenue home. Okay. See, this is the shit that I'm talking about. So it's all exactly. it's all subjective and it's all bullshit. It is. It's all bullshit. And um, 
you know, the, the sad thing about it is, is you have people that look like me and you, all of us that's on this podcast running that department and is basically being r- ran worse than it was by Esau, which is the white man. Exactly. Because you got a bunch of people in positions that are not qualified to be in those positions. So, Jerry, mm-hmm. you're right about that. But, like, all of my grief came, well, not, not all of it, it started with, um, with a different administration. But um, the black people in charge are the ones who um, pretty much did me in. Even though the white officer wind up going to jail, mm-hmm. I still lost my pension for stopping him. Which is crazy. From taking, yeah, from stopping him from taking a life. Exactly. And that's the part that I just, um, you know, every time I think about it, it just, um, it's almost like every time I think about it, it's like I just heard it for the first time again. Because it's just, um, it's incredible. Beyond incredible. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's just sickening. And then yet, you have a black officer, I don't know if you heard about this a few years ago, that killed the guy on the west side with his white partner. Yeah. He got suspended. And while he was suspended, he was promoted to a lieutenant. And so when he came off of his suspension after killing a young black guy, He's a lieutenant now. Yeah, and then... You know who so I'm when, talking about? Yeah. Okay. So then when the singing cops uh, went on Ellen, they they gave him like an honorable mention. It's like... Um, yeah. This dude got two bodies. Right. One, one that he was... Well, I should say allegedly. Right, allegedly. Was chasing... And the one guy was a Buffalo State student, and he he died mm-hmm. um, during the chase. So they say it was because of the chase. And then this one, where people saw them killing this young this young boy, um, which was um, Meech, right? Meech Davis. So when they killed him, um, Wardell Meech Davis. Then people saw them killing him, but they were afraid to say something because they felt like if they killed him, if I say something, they're going to kill me too. Right. That is why I protested and got arrested Mm -hmm. because I was so mad. Like, you fire me for stopping police brutality, but then you let these people literally get away with murder. And now he's, he's a lieutenant. And then not only that, then... Um, the singing cops gonna give him a shout out. Right. Like, where where does this end? It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like um, like we're living in a twilight zone or something. Well, they're, yeah, they 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 they're endorsing uh, and condoning that type of uh, behavior, which really ultimately takes us back sixty years. Exactly. It takes us back 60 years. And those singing cops, I think that's a bunch of bullshit. Um, it's just a bunch of window dressing. And um, it's, it's, it's really it is because, ridiculous. Because the one, the one's father is a, is a, a, a minister right. who was backing me. And then all of a sudden, you know, he tells me, and, and don't get me wrong, I don't like um, 
dislike him or anything like that. But then he tells me, well, you should stay out of town. You, um, you do better when you're out of town. Okay, but what if I don't want to stay out of town? Right, that's you know, your this home. Is where I was born and raised, right? Right. So, so that's that's great that you say that. But okay, we were fighting for my pension. What happened to that? Now, right. now your your kid is good, and so later for me, like your kid is on the same department giving shout outs to a murderer. Right. After you stood up for me to get my pension for doing the right thing. Right. So now it's okay for him to give a shout out to a murderer, like, mm -hmm. and you a pastor, like, some, this, something is wrong. Right, and this is why this is why I don't give a lot of credence to a lot of these pastors because um, a lot of them, um, they're not what they say they are in that pool pit, and a lot of them are in those it's about positions. About money, right? It's don't about money. Fun. He 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 um, gave me a nice motivational speech and made me feel great, mm -hmm. but. At the same time, I mean, what what is this really all about? Was it really like, okay, I'll stand up with her unless you do this for me, and then once you do it for me, okay, I'll, I'll back off? Right. Because so many people have done that. And then I saw the I saw the commissioner. He asked me, where's all these people that were standing with you? And I didn't even answer because I wanted to say they're with you now, but I didn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 he playing chess with these bishops. It's right. like <laughs> it, it's it remind me it, it's this song by Michael Jackson called Money on his uh on that history album. Anything, anything for money. That one that song, yep, exactly. <laughs> and if that song is not so true to the world right now, like and that's and you know it's a little off subject, but that's that's why I think Michael Jackson was kicking. It's not off subject. It's actually on subject because that's what it's all about. Money, yeah. money, money. Because uh, I think that's why Michael Jackson died because Michael Jackson was speaking so many truths that if you really listen to his music, you really could tell exactly what was going to happen in the future because it was like he was a prophet. He spoke a lot of truths in his music and money is definitely the root of evil when you think about it because like you said, well, he, you know, it wasn't, bitch up on your side, and then you know his son becomes a cop, and then on top of that, you know he 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 gets famous off a of, off a of viral video singing, gets on Ellen DeGeneres and all that stuff, and then he kind of just turns his back on you. In this right, so I don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, if they if they want the fame or whatever, I'm good with that. Y'all can have whatever. Only thing I want is what I work for. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, but um. I don't know. I just think that uh, it's just going to get worse and worse, um, you know, with the Buffalo Police Department. And I kind of predicted a few years ago when I started seeing so many of the black officers uh, retiring who the white officers called them um, curtain babies because, you know, Judge Curtin is the one that made the ruling back in the 70s that uh, they affirmative action that they had to hire minorities. You know, and yeah, that's how I got high. Right, right. So I kind of saw it coming that pretty soon driving through Buffalo was going to be just like driving down transit or down Walden and Cheektowaga that it was just going to be infiltrated with a bunch of uh, white officers who are racist and who have an ulterior motive to destroy the black family. Ultimately, that's what they're doing. Exactly.
all of these guys in the seventies went to jail for murders they didn't commit, like John Walker and and um, mm-hmm. Valentino Dixon. Right. Daryl, what is Daryl's last name? Um, Gibson. Mm-hmm. It was four of them. It was like four of them, right? Yeah, one of them died. Um, Darren, Darren Gibson died. Wait, Darren Gibson and Daryl. Yeah, Darren Gibson is the one that died. I gotta hit up John Walker too and see if he want to get on the podcast. I, I remember before uh, this is my this is when we still lived on C Street. I might have been about eighteen at the time, and uh, I think John had just got out of jail. He was telling us a story about you know everything that happened, and and what's so sad is that he was so young he didn't even realize what he was going through. Like, the one thing that stood out to me that what he said was, uh, you know, he said they was on the news, you know, smiling at the cameras and all that stuff. And you're not really, mm-hmm. he's so, he too young to realize, like, yo, they, they coming for your wife right now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, um, yep. well, he realized it, he realized it now, you know, at that time I had that conversation with him, you know, realized it, but it was like, at the time, you know, he's 16, he got cameras in his face, so. You know, whether it's a murder charge or not, you know, he in the spotlight. So, you know, thank you. 16, you feeling yourself regardless of, of the situation. He didn't think like, oh shit, I'm 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 innocent and they trying to come for me. Right. Like, he wasn't thinking that, but it was like once he got in and got that that reality of uh his freedom being taken away, that's when everything started to click. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we just we just lost Carrie Horn. Hopefully we'll get her back. Yeah, I'm about to uh I'm about to send it to her. So we, we lost my mom. Her uh her unfortunately her phone died, so we go on to one of the the next subjects that we was gonna actually uh you know talk about was uh the Harvey Weinstein thing with uh Harvey Weinstein. Like what you think about that, Jerry? Man, I have so many words uh for that. Uh I guess I can't really say much right now because I really wanna see really what's the outcome going to be um is he really really going to be in jail for sure and you know locked up and really serve time or is there going to be a motion made uh for him to get home confinement due to um, right an alleged illness right because uh like both of us uh we you know we had this this discussion earlier and it was like we talked about uh you know with bill cosby you know he done got what do you got three to ten years or something like that or three to nine three to life or something like something crazy and it's like Bill Cosby you know and I love Bill Cosby not to say he he didn't do nothing wrong you know he was uh, definitely out you know going out behind his wife's back but you know that's his business if she tolerated that for all them years you know that's that's her you know and you know we uh, we got grandparents. That were going through the same thing, you know. The husband, you know, had his side pieces or whatever, but the husband was also taking care of home, which Bill Cosby was. So it's like, you know, if if Camille, you know, put up with that, then you know, that's that was Camille's choice. But you know, to say that he was just violating females on a regular basis, I don't think that was necessarily true. And uh, the first podcast we did, we talked about the uh, Me Too movement. And one of the things 
I feel about the Me Too movement, I feel like, you know, a lot of females, they really think like they have some regrets about sleeping with a person. So now they want to flip it and make it seem like they got raped or whatever, which I don't feel like is right. I feel like if you did something against your will, you know, it's either they forced you into it or you know, you went there not really wanting to do it, but did it anyway because you thought she was going to be like a Hollywood actress or something like that. And that's and that's where I have an issue with. I'm like, if you if you went in there with that mentality, you didn't really want to do it, but you didn't really let that be known either. You can't right. sit up there and say nobody raped you. Right. And I feel like with Bill Cosby, that might have been the case. Bill Cosby, he might have been running game and, you know, he might have been getting shit that way, which, you know, as a man, a lot of men do. Mm-hmm. You know what I really mean? That it's it's a rape crime. It's just right. a man running the game to get what he wants, just like females. Females, they want to get money out of a man, they're going to run game on them. Mm-hmm. You know? And shit, if that's the case, shouldn't that be robbery? Shouldn't that be some type of theft? But with Harvey Weinstein, you know, he's got plenty of stories with him violating women. Mm-hmm. Hell, our, our president. Is on record saying grab him out of pussy. Right. So I think with him, with his money and him being president, he might have, you know, hushed a lot of people up. Hushed a lot, especially with these uh with these females. He might have hushed a lot of females up because the simple fact is, you know, he he's he's a billionaire. You know, he got the money to keep people's mouth shut. Mm-hmm. But like with Bill Cosby, I feel like, you know, if he was giving chicks quaaludes. If you heard anything about the 70s, you know, Quaaludes was like a, a drug of choice. Right. Yeah. So it's like you can't sit up there and be like, oh, he gave me Quaalude. Like, unless he put it in your drink and, you know, drugged you and you passed out. And then he, and, and then my, and my, just my whole thing is like, how is that even, as a man, if a chick is passed out sleep, off a drug, how is that even, you know, you got people that's sick, but how is that even, like, attractive to, to bang a female that's passed out, can't react to nothing? It's like it's like having sex with a corpse, a dead right. corpse. That's right. And then the, the female that Bill Cosby actually got, got locked up for is like, like, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, like I said, like if, if if she really got violated, you know, I, I definitely feel for her. But it's like if it's something else, you know, you 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 regret having sex with him or something like that. I feel like that's messed up. Mm-hmm. How you gonna take man freedom away because of a regret? Right. And you know, back to Harvey Weinstein, you know, I feel the same way. Like he's probably not gonna get any jail time. I guess my question is with uh, Bill Cosby, what were some of those females doing freely going up to his hotel room at, you know, 12 and 2 o'clock in the morning? Exactly. You know, they certainly didn't have in mind to go up there to to have a We grown as hell. Right. We grown as hell. Mm -hmm. So if we go into a female's house at 2 o'clock in the morning, if a female's inviting us at the, to their house at two o'clock in the morning, we know we ain't going to just watch no damn Netflix and fall asleep. Right. 
So it's like, if you go into a man's hotel room at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, what we call booty call hours, mm-hmm. booty call hours. Like, yo, this 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 the time where people getting their nuts off. You know, depending on what city you're in, if the clubs close at two, shit by three, you trying to get your rocks off, right? And it's like, it's not trying to sound like a dick or nothing like that, but it's just like, that's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is like, if you don't want to do nothing, don't fucking do it. Don't go to nobody's hotel rooms. Don't go to nobody's party. If you know, at the end of the night, you're probably going to be in a position where you got to you know, spread your legs. Right. Because I'll be damned, you know, if I, if I was to get, you know, some type of fame or whatever, and the chick I, I smashed back in the day, come back saying I raped her. Like when, where, how, how, when, where, how high, and who? Like what? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I was over this day. And you, you forced yourself on me. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me how I forced myself on you. Right. Well, you were sitting down. I sat in your lap. Then you start feeling on my thigh. Well, the fact that you sat on my lap is is showing me that you find some type of interest in me. And if you allowed me to feel on your thigh. Okay, I felt in your thigh, and in the lay of the sun, different. Now you could have not put yourself in that situation by simply just not bothering me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm just a whole. I'm just the type of guy. Don't don't put yourself in that position where you going. You know, you gonna compromise yourself. You know, trying to get some fame or whatever, and then try to call out rape. Mm-hmm. Now, if I came in the room grabbing you by the throat, throwing you on the bed and, and you know, taking it from you, that's 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 definitely a violation. Right. But if you came in, getting in my bed, but ass, if something happened, then, you know, don't try to say that I raped you when you came in my bed, but ass naked. Right. Putting your ass on my dick and shit. Right. So that's why I feel like with a lot of this Me Too movement, I feel like that's where a lot of it kind of is a little bullshit. And it pisses me off because it actually takes away from the victims that actually have had some violations done to them. Like Harvey Weinstein, the shit that you hear about him, he really was out here violating women. Right. And I heard a click, which means we got the boss Jones on the shit. Yeah, I'm I'm really just here listening because, you know, my mouth and shit fucked up. Oh yeah, 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 but I, but I, I just, I said I was gonna call in, so I want to just, you know, I'm just really just listening. So yeah, what is what is your take on the whole the whole Harvey Weinstein situation? Fuck him. Hey, oh, I say wow. the same thing. But we we me and Jerry that was, that was simple to the listen. That's what you call to the point. They say keep it uh, simple, stupid. <laughs> Fuck him. Cause nobody gave a fuck when Bill Cosby went to jail. Fuck him. Yeah, we was uh we were just talking about Bill because you know Bill was accused of mad shit, especially like with the whole uh, Quaaludes and shit. When Quaaludes was like one of them top drugs in the seventies and shit, so it was like if females was taking them, you know, I feel like they was taking them willingly. I feel like uh, who was it? Uh, she a super she was a, a supermodel back in the day, Janice Dickerson. Oh, you know, yeah. I guess she. She said that she fabricated her one of her memoirs, you know, for book sales and shit, saying Bill Cosby did this and that. And, 
you know, that wasn't even the truth. You got pictures of Bill Cosby with, with him surrounded by women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bill Cosby, you know, you look at Bill Cosby back in the day, Bill Cosby wasn't a bad looking dude. So it's like, you know, with you know, you got good looks, you got money. So, you know, definitely the women gonna come. Mm-hmm. So I feel like with the two, I feel like with the Me Too movement, I'm not even on front. I feel like I'm like I'm like 60-40 on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, our mom's back in here. Hey mom. Hey. We talking about Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby right now. Okay. But, um, I was saying I feel like with Bill Cosby, I, with the Me Too movement, I feel like it's damn near a 60-40 split. I feel like at least 60% of these women are kind of just looking for a payday and you got the, the 40% that actually has some stuff done to them. And I feel like it's not right because you know, if you if anybody's been a victim of uh, some type of sexual assault, I feel like it's a spit in their face if you go on there trying to say somebody, you know, raped you or something like that. And it's just for some, some type of payment because you regret having sex with them or you looking at, oh, me too. Okay, yeah, well, uh, I got in the bed wow. naked with Bill Cosby, but uh, he didn't have to have sex with me. Well, back in the back in that day, just like in the 90s, when so many people that's like in a position now, uh, in a government position or whatever, um, used cracks. Like back in the 90s, that's what they did. So back yeah. then, in, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. They were they were um, using their status to get women. And so now let's say you have like some young girl go to Hollywood because she wants to be a star and then she get caught up with these people and then part of the game is like, okay, so now you got to sleep with me. Well, some of these people were like kind of gross to them, or maybe they, they didn't want to sleep with them, but they did. So some of them, yeah, you did it. No, you didn't want to, but you did. So quit whining. You shouldn't have never did it. But right. some of them were were put in the position to where they were forced because they put themselves in that position, not because they wanted to have sex with them, but because they wanted to, they wanted the fame. Yeah. And so they got caught up. And so, no, in that case, no, it's not right, you know, but um, um, back then it was like you you really didn't have some nobody to go to, just like police brutality. I use police brutality because, you know, that's my thing, but it's like really still nobody to go to because they the, the higher ups are covering it up. So that's yeah. how it was there. It's like there was nobody to go to because they knew what the game was. Yeah. Some some of the people, not not the naive people that went in looking for something and didn't have nothing really to offer, but but at the same time back then, like even with us being young and being molested, it was like we, it was more like keep your mouth shut. So yeah. people were not open to you telling about what was going on. Yeah, and I, and I feel like so that's now a- now people are. It's like. Oh yeah, that happened to me too. I mean, I talked to a lot of my girlfriends who've been molested too. Yeah. So it's like now we can talk about it. So that sixty forty might be the other way around. It might be. 
Yeah, man, and it might be like I said, I, I could stand corrected on that because you know, as as a man, you know, we not really put in that position. But I I still feel like you know, it's a huge difference when you out when you some when you some like you know Hollywood wannabe that's trying to you know go out for some type of thing versus like a right. family member preying on you. Now, right. when I said sixty forty, I I meant more like on the Hollywood side. Versus like the reality side of like, you know, you, you, you a little girl and, you know, you got some type of family member, whether it be an uncle, cousin, you know, even, even with some people, you got they, they own parents. Right. So I, I felt like, you know, on the Hollywood side, it might be like a 60, 40 type of deal because, you know, you got these actresses that do feel like they pressured to sleep with somebody, but that don't necessarily mean rape because. Right, exactly. You then they didn't force themselves on you. You know, you felt like you had to. And that's just a choice you made. You didn't have to make that choice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I feel like uh, I feel like with, on that side of the fence, it's kind of like you really gotta you really gotta figure out like what you want. Like if somebody slept with you know say Eddie Murphy or Richard Pryor, Bruce Willis, you know if you chose to sleep with them with hopes of getting fame and they played you, that's kind of on you. Yeah, if you get played, that's something different. And I feel like that's what a lot of it is. They probably got played. They probably was, you know, I'm going to make you a star or something if you sleep with me. And, you know, they slept with them and they kind of just toss them to the side because, you know, as men, you know, shit, we, we do stuff like that. We, we, yo, if we, if you want to sleep with a chick, we going to run some game on them. But then I, I was saying before you got back on the podcast, females do the same thing too. Like if a female wants some money out of a, out of a guy, they going, and, you know, I feel like with that, Females can easily can more easily manipulate a guy if they've got that game because you got females that could pretend to be pregnant to get about, you know, well, if you want me to get an abortion, you gotta give me five hundred thousand. And don't even be pregnant. So it's like it's it's a mix and match. It's just depending on who you are and what you're capable of. All right. That's true. I do feel like a lot of the uh I do feel like a lot of this, the Me Too stories that's been coming out is kind of like, you know, if you're going to do it, do it right. If you really got sexually assaulted, by all means, tell your story. Somebody yeah, you're going to have people that's going to take advantage of it, but at the same time, a lot of people are speaking out now because they couldn't speak out before. So mm-hmm. um, who was who, who? We don't know. Yeah. Well, I feel like between Weinstein and Cosby, I, I feel like Weinstein definitely did more violating than Bill Cosby did because, you know, you you got people like like we were just talking about Janice Dickerson. She she like fabricated her memoir to say Bill Cosby did all the stuff to her that he right. Didn't. She should go to jail. Yeah, and that and that's what I, that's another thing I, I feel too. I don't know about uh, we get everybody else's opinion, but I feel like if you do lie and say somebody raped you when they really didn't, I feel like you should do the time behind that. You should. You should, absolutely. Because uh, I feel like even like even with R. Kelly, like it, it, it might be crazy. People might, might think I'm nuts by saying this, but a part of me actually feels bad for R. Kelly because the simple fact is you watch that surviving R. Kelly story and you got some of these parents that know he was accused of uh, Right, so they should go to jail too. 
Yeah, so it was like the one who, you know, you allowing your 16-year-old, 15-year-old daughter to go on stage with this man. And you know, like, anybody who was anybody had the tape when uh back when the tape came out. Which, now that I think about it, a lot of people were in possession of child porn at that time, if that's the case. Right. But uh, if you had the tape, that that's clearly R. Kelly on that tape. I don't care what nobody say. So people been knowing since 2002 this dude was a pedophile, you know, right. whatever. And I don't, and and you know, it, uh, it kind of ties into this. And this is what kind of messed me up. Um, somebody actually mentioned something like this uh, earlier today that, uh, like Dwayne Wade, you know, his uh, you know his his son is transgender. It's not only twelve. And it, and this is and it and it kind of makes sense to me. I don't know about everybody else, but it makes sense to me that you know. And I'm not against his son or nothing like that at all. I mean, I think he's doing a great job with supporting his son and all that, or you know, daughter, you know, which which is uh the identity now. But it's like, you know, we could give credit to a 12 year old for identifying as a male or female. And, you know, see it as sickening that uh, a grown man could pray, o- could pray over a 12-year-old. I-, I kind of feel like it's all kind of screwed up in some type of way. Because I feel like as a as a 12-year-old, you're not supposed to be thinking about your gender identity. You're supposed to just be thinking about being a kid. Right. So, like, like it's, it's just one of them things. Like, you know, you got to try to find a gray area because... You speak against it, everybody on down your throat. You speak for it, it's like, oh, you speak for certain every, you got to find a gray area regardless. But I, I feel like, you know, if if you want to allow a 12-year-old to pick their gender. Well, you have, you have um, some of these parents that are adopting kids and I guess some, some natural parents too. Who are letting let their five year olds, um, five year old boys run around in dresses, like because right. they want to give them a choice? Yeah, and I and I kind of feel like it's just like, you know, you kind of promoting something that don't need to be promoted right now because a lot of these kids are just kids, right? You know, who who's like even with the one way, like who's to say five years from now he decide like. I want to be a boy again, you know. Right. I got on a couple of females, and you know, and then you know, would that happen? If, if something like that was to happen, it'd be one of them things where, oh, he's a hypocrite. He was lying this whole time. He just did it for fame. And then people don't look at the fact that you know he's growing up. He's he's accepting, you know, that he was born as a male. You know, I, I feel like with it, I feel maybe. Maybe maybe six sixteen to eighteen. If you really want to try to you know describe your gender or whatever, I feel like you know at least let them get a little bit older and have more understanding before they, you know, they choose a gender. Like if Andrew or Janessa was coming up to me like right now and saying they they identified as the opposite sex, you know, I would try to you know understand where they're coming from for one, and then I would try to actually help them understand like, you know, this is a choice that, you know, you gotta live with. Because this this is something that's this is a game changer. 
you was born with a certain body part and you want to identify as the opposite, this is a game changer. You have to deal with a lot of stuff and be sure that this is what you want to go through. So it, 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 it's kind of hard because you want to be there to support your kid, but you also want to, you know, try to guide your kid to make the right decision. I think all that kind of still uh, goes along with the fact that there's an attack on black male masculinity. Yeah. And they're uh, trying to uh, feminize the black male. Yeah, because I was, uh, what movie? I was watching uh, Revenge of the Nerds. And the one black dude on Revenge of the Nerds was gay. And it's just like, out of all the characters, why well, I have to be the black dude that was gay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, not trying to sound homophobic homophobic or nothing like that, but it's just like, you know, with, with black people, it's just always something extra. Mm-hmm. Like, it can't just be like a normal, like, gay. Like, I, I, know, I know guys that are gay, but, you know, you could tell, but they're not over the top with it. Like, uh, what's the one dude? Uh, his name is Billy something. He's the one that normally shows up to the award show, like in a dress or something like that. Mm. And it's kind of like, you know, it's nice and Billy, all that. Billy Joe? No, not uh, Billy Joe. Oh, was it like a yellow dress? I think so. He got like <laughs> short hair. He, he an actor on... I can't even think of it. I know his name is Billy something. Um, he was at the Oscars and he had a uh, like some type of suit dress on. Uh, his name is Billy something. So whatever whatever the white man can can put into social media, you know we usually grab it and um and do it. Right. Like I said, like I'm not against it or nothing like that. It's just one of those things where it's like. Yeah, but I think that that's just something we're going to see more and more because you already got uh, a lot of guys running around with purses. Yeah. I ain't going to say it's killing the culture, but it's like definitely doing some damage to it because, you know, when it comes to black men, you know, we're supposed to be strong, confident, and, you know, when we got the gay black men being put on the, the forefront it's kind of like they wearing dresses and stuff like that or they wearing some type of feminine colors and it's kind of like you know where's the where's the masculinity with the black men you know we still got it with the white men even like uh, you look at people like uh, I'm going to use Neil Patrick Harris for example um, the guy from uh, if you ever watched the, the show the Doogie Howser MD show or uh, How I Met Your Mother you know mm-hmm. He like him portraying that character on the show. He portrays a straight white man, and in real life, he's a gay white man. But he's not like you see him on public. He's not feminine. Not dressing in dresses. He's wearing a three piece suit and tie. And it's like, and, and you know, for even like Sam Smith, like another example, a gay white man that doesn't do extra with himself. You know, right. he could fit in with any type of crowd because. He dresses like a normal man, mm-hmm. but with the black man, we, we gotta be we gotta be extra with it. Yeah, well, there's definitely an attack against the uh, black masculinity because corporate white America look at uh, masculine black men as a threat. Yeah. 
So a lot of times you'll look, um, just for an example, I tell you this much, um, when you, if you travel, I don't know if you travel a lot, but if you travel a lot and fly a lot, like I do, um, 99.9% of the males you see um, that are flight attendants on a plane are uh, more feminine than, uh, I don't know, Beyonce or Wendy Williams, you know? Yeah. Um, you, they're not going to really hire um, a masculine man um, to be a flight attendant because to corporate white America, that does not um, appear to have good customer service or right. it doesn't purport their company name, their brand. So they want that feminine male. Like, it's nothing worse than uh, intimidating like a black man who's not even being intimidating. It's just like right. if you if you dress like a normal a normal man, but you got a, a black skin color, you could like you you could eat like a, a, a sour piece of candy and make a face, and to them that's a threatening face. Absolutely. But if, but if you if you gay with it, you looking all feminine with it, and you suck on a piece of candy, it's kind of like it's funny. Right. It's funny. They uh, in my I don't know if you remember uh when. I think it was the I want to say it was the governor election, and they had to do that. Uh, the party he was the party he was proclaiming was the the rent is too damn high. Right. They loved him, but the black man I spoke some sense. A buffoon. Yeah. Like people, to, like people to make them laugh. The other black person that spoke some sense that actually was about something they they wasn't messing with him. So you like you know. And I have no problem with white people. It's just like, you know, you got to kind of watch yourself around them because it's like, you know, when they uh, when they see you a certain way is when they try to take advantage. Right. And, you know, you know the gay, with the gay thing, you know, they, they for, for us black people, they turn into something different. Like, what, what, gay, what gay black person do you see that just look like a normal black, just normal black gay man. Like just wearing a suit, you know, tie, nothing extra. Right. You know, like uh, Lil Nas X, you know, when uh, he came through with the all pink suit and all that stuff. And then the, the uh, I, I just know him as Billy, but he came through with the dress extra. And then you got all these other gay white celebrities that kind of came through and just, you know, they, they blended in well. Mm-hmm. Question their sexuality if if they walking past you, but it's like with us, they got to stand out, which is like setting a whole new stereotype. So that's my take on it. I know we done kind of got way off topic here, but uh, I was just a few of my thoughts on the whole thing. Like you know, I'm not a, I'm not against it, but I'm against it when it's like you know, damn near hurting us. Mm-hmm. Like uh, even a, even a, a better example is, is uh Jesse Smollett off of uh, Empire. Mm-hmm. Oh, he he's openly gay, but he's not you know he's not extreme out there with it. he's not wearing dresses nothing like that. He he's kind of like how Neil Patrick Harris will be, and look what they doing to him. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, maybe maybe if he wore a dress, he won't be going through none of this shit. He probably wouldn't wear a dress. That's probably the problem. Yeah. They want to be. They want to control you too. It's like if you okay. don't um, conform to what 
they want you to do, then it's a problem. But it's a problem with this whole world. Yeah. And that, and that also brings you back to Michael Jackson because Michael Jackson, like I said, if you listen, especially like some of his later music, Michael Jackson was speaking, he was speaking so many truths. He was. And then when, when he starts speaking truths is when they, you know, they kind of castrated him and but made him. Him, him, him Prince, and Whitney Houston uh, died around the same age. Yeah, yeah. sure did. Whitney, 50, Whitney was 48, Michael was 50, and Prince was 57. So, you know, there you got like a 10-year gap. So it's like, you know, they, they spoke their truth. And Prince, I feel like that's why a lot of his, like a lot of his later music wasn't as popular as his earlier music because he started speaking more truths. Even with Michael Jackson, you look at Michael Jackson from the 80s, from 70s and 80s to like the 90s and 2000s, you know, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson was well-respected, but, you know, his music, it wasn't as popular as it was, like, in the, especially, like, the, you know, the 82 to, like, 89 period. It wasn't as positive, wasn't as popular because, you know, starting with that Dangerous album, you know, he kind of started speaking more truths. That History album, that was just, like, him pretty much speaking, you know, venting about everything that was going on in his life, especially that uh, it's a song, Stranger, Stranger from Moscow. You know, that song is him, you know, telling the world his pain. Right. And it made him out to be a child molester even now. And even back to the the Harvey Weinstein, like, and this is why I lost a lot of respect for both Oprah and Gayle King, because you got pictures of them all hugged up with Harvey Weinstein and stuff, but yet they trying to ruin legacies of Michael Jackson and, you know, Kobe. And, it, and it's sad as hell. You know, Michael Jackson been dead 10 years now. He's been dead over almost 11 years. And it's like, you want to come through with a, a documentary about him molesting some boys. One of the boys who, whom had his, his wedding at Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch. So it's like, why would you want the happiest day of your life to be at a place where you had, you know, nothing but bad memories? Why? Like, it don't make no sense to me. So it's like, you know, we we definitely as a people pick and choose where we fit in. And I feel like with Oprah and Gail King, they, they pick where they fit in. And correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't they supposed to be, wasn't there rumors out that they were supposed to be like some type of lesbian couple? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been out for years. So it's like, you know, you got you got people like Oprah. Oprah's a billionaire, should be one of the black faces that really should be changing the game right now. She kind of like Turn to a coon. Yeah, but if she if she were to be the one to change the game, she wouldn't have the money she has because uh, right. the white man, the master Esau, would have cut her off. Yeah. So she's drinking their Kool Aid, and as long as she does what they tell her to do, then she'll have her platform and her money coming in. Right. It goes back as soon as as soon as you go against the grain when you're living in this society that is ran by white folks, um, as soon as you go against the grain, they coming after you. Yeah. Which, I, which I really honestly think will happen to Bill Cosby. Right. And there's nothing worse than when they use people that look like me and you to um, do their dirty work. Exactly. Because And if you notice, you look at a, a lot of stuff that Bill Cosby used to get heat for, 
Like they used to like kind of dog him out, kind of call him senile, old man, all that stuff. Like when Bill Cosby was straight speaking facts, when he was telling parents, you know, to worry about more about their kids' education instead of worrying about putting Jordans on their feet, you know, he was getting a lot of heat for that. Mm-hmm. And it, he was speaking facts though. And right. and it's like see, they look what they do to him. They they want to bring up some old shit. And back to that Me Too movement, it's just like they want to keep bringing up shit that, you know, a few females might have, you know, thought they had some acting gigs, got lied to, and felt like, oh, well, since I had sex with him, I didn't really want to have sex with him, but I did because I thought I was going to be a star. Let me say that he raped me. Mm-hmm. And then out of everything, then I stick and still the, until the, uh, I'm going to call this chick Lurch off the Adams family because that's what she remind me of until Big Lurch came through and said something and he got locked up for that. Mm-hmm. Of all the chicks that he, he could have possibly, you know, laid down with, he get arrested and, and get sentenced to jail to some old big female Frankenstein looking chick. Right. I'm trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Got her. Some of the chicks that if you see some of the chicks that he's supposed to have violated, they all beautiful model looking chicks. Even some even famous actresses that's that's still, you know, the made a base to this day. Mm-hmm. But you never seen Oprah, you know, doing some type of special on his stuff. Or but but like you said, Jerry, you know, it's uh it's all control. You know, if, if she she don't do what the master say, the master cut her off. That's right. And you got a lot of people like Oprah Winfrey uh, working in corporate uh, America. You know, you get those black bosses and supervisors who will turn on you and jam you up in a minute. You know, some are our own cities, some are our own government. That's what I'm saying for a buttermilk biscuit. You know, and they will sell you out. They'll sell their own mother down the river. Yeah. You know, and you got a whole lot of hotep niggas out here basically the same way. Thank you. And Buffalo's full of those type of motherfuckers. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. I think Buffalo is probably a, uh, you know, we're the second biggest city in the state. So I think Buffalo is a stepping stone city to where a lot of people could, uh, you know, get their uh, get their battle scars and then move on to bigger and better. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't, like I don't know what's next for Byron, but Byron might be, uh, you know, he, he might still have another Senate seat left for him once he finishes term as mayor. Well, Crystal Peoples is is now, um, he's now um back in Bloomingburg, so that's his girl. So she gonna get her footage somewhere and and pull him along with her. Absolutely, right. if Bloomberg becomes president, I can definitely see Byron Brown. Somewhere in the administration, if it's nothing but chief of staff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, I could definitely see that. Which, unless Prison get his stuff together, I could see him taking over. Like I think we was having this conversation earlier. I think Prison could take over as mayor. Yeah, I could possibly see that. Mm-hmm. And I still think Trump know what he was doing. Like that, I know they say that old oh, people article was fake, but. That's it. I don't. I don't think Tom. I don't think uh, Donald Trump was. Uh, That's it. 
I don't think Donald Trump was a fool. That's it. I think he knew exactly who to run, what party to run with. That's it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, I think Trump. Uh, I think Trump knew exactly what party to run with mm-hmm. because he knew all you know. Shit, Republicans. All you got to do is feed them some bullshit, and Republicans is pretty much gonna jump on your bandwagon regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, I always see stats from people about you know the left this, the left that. Like I really don't care about politics. They're all full of shit if you ask me. Mm-hmm. That's why I consider myself apolitical. Like they can all they can all fuck off because mm-hmm. hey, don't nobody run nothing better than the person that that actually gives a, a, a care about that actually gives a shit about people. These politicians don't care for real, for real. It's all about the numbers. I think a lot of them care, but like I think the further you get into politics, the more corrupt you become. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Jeffrey Epstein. You know, hey, I, I always see stats about him not killing himself, which he probably didn't. The Clintons probably did kill him. But at the end of the day... He's probably not dead. He might not be. Mm-hmm. But he still did some foul stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, if he if he wins another term, I'm hoping. And I know this ain't gonna happen, but I'm hoping within the last four years that he's got on the second term, that blacks can get themselves together, cut the bullshit out, and know how to work together uh, collectively. Yeah. And I really doubt that'll happen. Yeah, so I doubt it too. Yep, I Bloomberg, I don't see him being unless I don't know. It depends on how I, I still see Trump winning another term. And I think that whole acquittal thing is what won him another term. That's that's just my my opinion. Well, I tell you what, from a scale of one to ten, one meaning not a snowball chance in hell, and <laughs> ten meaning definitely that Trump will win. I'm at a nine point five that he'll definitely win another term. Oh yeah. Cause I, uh, we too busy killing each other and mm-hmm. each other worry about what each other wearing, what each other like grab some crumbs. Right. You you know what's sad when we worried about somebody matches being on the ground. Yeah. You, you ain't got no beds, then your matches on the ground. So mm-hmm. you got a matches on the on the uh, on the stand. Like you 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 good. <laughs> That's always been my uh my whole beef with it. It's like why are you worried about somebody got less than you? Right. You ain't got no money. Okay, so you obviously have more money than me, so why you worried about me? But then they ain't got no money either. Right. Yeah, for real. They don't. And 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 it, it's still one of them things that was just like we really out here like I like I used to work downtown being a uh we used to do the meal for the Buffalo Sabres players. The, the dude that owned the Sabres and the Buffalo Bills, Terry Pagula, I used to see him every once in a blue moon coming through the locker room area. And looking at what this man had on his feet, this man had Skechers on his feet. Mm-hmm. Skechers. Probably a $40 pair of sneakers he, he had on his feet, and he's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Well, if you remember, but, I sent you um, remember I sent you um, a meme that showed uh, uh, the, the, the example of a poor man and a rich man. I got to look back at my text messages, Bob. I'm pretty sure I've seen it. Yeah, because the poor man uh, had on $500, uh, what do you call that, Ferragamo belt, 
$500 pair of shoes and all that. And the rich man just had a pair of $25 sneakers, probably from Walmart, $10 belt. Yeah, it's like, well, uh, you know, and, and it and it goes with with black people, period. Like, you know, whether you whether you uh you know you living in the hood, whether you middle class, whether you rich, you know, look at it, look at all the rappers. You know, they they got big ass chains on, they got all this designer stuff on. Like even like with uh, you know, like even when I was saying with like gay black men versus gay white men, you know, you, you got gay white men that's that's dressed in a, a three-piece suit. Mm-hmm. Still looking, still fitting in with everybody. Versus the black man that gotta come with the spectacular suit, pantsuit dress combo. And it's just like, you know, we we too loud with it. We don't know how to be quiet with it. You know, we we wear like right now, I got I got champs on my feet. $25, $30 pair of sneakers. But it's like uh, these joints are comfortable. I can walk in them. I don't need no two hundred dollar Jordans. But it's like that's that's what we uh. It's kind of like that's how we program to to be expensive with the with you know the least amount of money in our pocket. Mm-hmm. It's like it's okay for us to wear Dolce Gabbana, and it's okay for us to wear you know Gucci even when we can't afford it. But you know where are we really? Stacking our money, and plus, we're not putting our money back in our own communities. We put money in the next man's pocket that's not the same skin color as us. Yeah, because but then we just, yeah, but, but wait a minute now. This goes back into what we talked about the other week. Yeah, right. yeah, so I was just about to get to that too. Yeah, we've been programmed to um, patronize the white man and not to patronize each other because we've been taught that service from the white man is better than from your own kind. Right, and it's true, and it's crazy because it's crazy because in certain cases it actually can be true, which mm-hmm. sucks to say. You know, I I know a mechanic that tried. I asked him about my brakes and rotors that tried to charge me like around almost a thousand dollars for my brakes and rotors, and I went and got them done by somebody else for at least seven hundred dollars cheaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we kind of like, talked about that earlier with the with the funeral homes. Like, if you go to a black funeral yeah. home, they'll charge you fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars to um, do the body up, and um, you know, uh, with the hearse and everything else. You go to Lombardo's, they're charging you fifty two hundred dollars, right, for the same service. It might be more, even better, because one thing about blacks, uh, we're never on time for a goddamn thing. <laughs> like we're always a day late and a dollar short mm-hmm. and you yeah. deal with white folks they tell you 10 o'clock they're already there at 9 35 you know you. and it's just a true fact you got a damn point we definitely we definitely I ain't gonna say race because it's only one race which is the human race but we definitely like a nationality that definitely tears each other down more than we build it up because we, uh, you know, especially like uh, I was kicking it with my dad one time, man. We was riding down Broadway. He was telling me how many black businesses used to be down that Broadway strip. And it was just like, yo, it's crazy because, you know, they all air up on now. You know, 
all the white people done moved out. You know, they started to move back in now with the whole gentrification thing, but it's just kind of like we still kind of, you know, behind. It's like we further behind now than we was in the, in the back in the yeah. day. Because yeah. back in the day, you know, you that's had- because the politicians, like from slavery on up to um, segregation, um, then in the seventies, a lot, a lot, we had a lot of politicians, and they were working to basically make us equal, mm-hmm. and that make black people equal, and then it's like in the eighties, all the work that they did from the seventies on back, it's like they started going for self. Right. So, yeah. So then, it was like after that, then it was like um. Since they were all going for self, it was leaving us out there. So, like when I came on in the eighties, it was from the work that they did in the seventies, Kirkland and and the other people from the Afro American Police Association. They had worked to get more blacks on in the seventies. That's why we were on in the eighties. And then, yeah, it was only two black lieutenants when I came on. One of them was he was looked at as a sellout. But he just wasn't with the niggas. But at the same time, he was like, he was trying to look out in his own way. So it was like he was conflicted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then he was the, the um, husband of Barbara Miller Williams. So. Oh, yeah. Like, I know you're talking about. Yeah. But she, as far as I'm concerned, Barbara Miller Williams is for self. Mm-hmm. So she's with the Byron, the Byron crew, and don't get me wrong. You know when when he came on or whatever, he got his his um crew together. They they decided from grassroots that listen, this is what we're gonna do, and they did it. So I don't, I'm not hating on that. My thing is, I'm hating on losing my pension for doing the right thing. So my thing is, I don't want to be a part of your crew. I just want. What I work for, I, that's all I want. I don't want nothing extra. I don't need y'all to look out for me. And like Barbara Miller Williams said to me that, um, well, me and Sheila tried to tell you what to do. I didn't need them to tell me what to do. Only thing I needed was for them to tell their their people, like, listen, she didn't do nothing wrong. Just give her a pension and let her go. It's like, why right. couldn't you have done that? What you got to come and tell me to lay low for? Lay low for what? This needs right. to stop. And that's why it hasn't stopped because we got people like that that are now in politics and who are um, basically trying to keep everybody else quiet while they get theirs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so that's where it went wrong because back from the 70s <clears throat> when they worked for us to be on these police departments and judges and lawyers and all of that stuff back in the 80s and 90s up until now, 2000s, and now this, not this um, millennium, it's like, you know, people are for, for self or for whoever they done got with, and now they, they um, got, they buried too deep in, um, in all of the stuff that they done covered up. Mm-hmm. So now they got to stick with each other. And for whoever don't, ain't with the BS, even though I was never a part of it. You know, it's like, I, I got to suffer because I don't know what Greg had on him, but whatever he had on him, 
It got him his vengeance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I th- and I thought about that too, because I'm like, he got too much. He got too much against him right now. He went to jail. It's yeah. like this dude goes to jail, and he's and y'all still won't give me my pension. Yeah, it it, it really makes you wonder. Um, really, I don't even wonder no more. I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. House, no, not the house nigga, but the um, the overseer, the black overseer. That's when I got it, and I said, "That's what they are. They're overseers mm-hmm. to keep the rest of the niggas in line." Right. So that, so right. that's what they do. Just like when she said, "Well, we told you what to do. No, I don't need you to tell me what to do. I need you to just tell your tell your people to give me my pension because I didn't do nothing wrong." Right. But nope. Rather than go to to her people, she's gonna come to me and say, "We told you what to do." First of all. I don't remember what they told me to do, so it must have been something that didn't sound right to me, but, you know, if they want to say, well, we told you we was going to take care of it, which is oh, which is what I was told, my oh, thing is, well, why didn't you take care of it? Right. <laughs> and why would you have to take care of it? Right. Just do the right thing, that's all. But it took me to watch Roots to figure it out. I was right. sitting and watching Roots one time, because I was like, Okay, so if it was a white person that did this, I can say discrimination. But these are black people. So I wasn't even sure what to call it. And I saw yes. Roots. And when I saw Roots and, and I saw the, um, what they have, the, um, what's the black dude that's in charge? But even with all of this stuff goes hand in hand. And, and um, the police thing goes with, you know, we walk in dollar signs. Education, we walk in dollar signs. How is it that you can go get a school loan, but you can't get a, a regular loan? Right. Yeah. You can owe them a million dollars in student loans, but as long as you go to school, you can still. You can and, still. And, and my Jerry opened my eyes up because I, I was always thinking about, like, you know, these schools should be teaching, like, financial classes. And Jerry told me that, you know, he went to school, like, in a, uh, in the suburbs and they they actually do teach them courses. They do exactly. teach them about financial responsibility and stuff like that. Stuff that they're not teaching in public schools. Exactly. And it's like we're being set up for failure. Right. Exactly. Yeah, they're not teaching that. It's like uh, even with like where uh, you know, we were saying about like roots and all that. It's kind of like it's crazy because it's just. It's almost like that everywhere, no matter where where you go. It's like politics, law enforcement, military. Mm-hmm. Like you, you really got people that, you know, once they get in with a certain crowd, they kind of just stick with it and don't try to help their own people out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, but those are the same even... people that are talk to you on the low about what's going on and whatnot, but they won't talk to you yeah. up in front of people, see. Exactly. And and a lot of people ain't even with it, but they just scared. They they don't I mean, but there's nowhere for you to go. There's nobody for you to talk to, for real, for real. Right. Like getting in the pit in. Exactly. It's like um like for me, I have seen um 
um, one of the, the well, the singing caps, because both of them were walking towards me and saw me and turned around. And I just thought it was funny, because I'm thinking, like, y'all turning around as if I am the one that killed somebody, but y'all the ones shouting out the killer, for real. Like, how backwards is that? Mm -hmm. So some of the stuff I just look at and be like, wow, they just... And if if I'm... I'm not too sure. I'm not. I, I can't confirm this, but I, if I, if I'm thinking, do this. Who he is? One of the dudes is somebody I work security with, and I'm not. Like I said, I'm not going. Don't quote me on this. You know, I'm, I'm still going to keep this part of the episode. But if this is what I think it is, I know I worked with a guy at the city mission when I was on security, and I was like very rude. To the guys there, and my whole thing is like, yeah, these guys are going through something right now, but it's like you you, you can't treat them like crap because they're going through something. Because right. as much as you are you a cop one day, and my you living proof of that, you could be a cop one day, you know, owning your own home, car, all that stuff, but you know you could lose that within an instance, and then you you in the gutter. Exactly. Is this a white guy? No, nah, black guy. Black dude. No, he he's uh if, they, if if like I said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quote myself on it, but I believe I was working with this dude before when I was doing security, and this is one of the the cops that we were talking about. Oh, okay. But yeah, and they they got him on a pedestal like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you serious? Like you seriously are. You are seriously like a murderer. Mm-hmm. And they're giving you a shout out. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Sad I'm that, talking about. Yeah. And it's sad that Greg got to quietly retire because he had so much stuff stemming against him. But I, I've been heard that he had he had some good enough, enough dirt on some of, the, some of the pretty good higher ups there in City Hall. So, yeah. Yeah, so he sits up and gets his $46,000 a year pension with free medical um, for committing crimes and doing wrong. And then when you do right, you get nothing. Yeah. And so that's not right either. Yeah, it's, um, it's a hard pill to swallow, but... I'm about to shed light on. Well, this will shed light also because I'm going to use this podcast because, um, you know, it brings a a lot of stuff out um, that needs to be bought out. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's real talk, you know, where, you know, people, so many officers are speaking out now because they're retired. And I don't fault them. Yeah, it's like I don't know the way I see it is being it's like kind of being stuck in between the rock and the hard place because you kind of got to choose between your career and doing the right thing, and it's just like a lot of people not gonna choose their career over that because you know, a lot of people got families, and you know I remember you telling me a certain officer that you that you spoke to, and you asked him why he didn't step up, and you know he he mentioned it like you know I got a family. Exactly. And I couldn't I couldn't even fault him for that because he was being real. Yeah. And it's sad because 
it do like you said it gotta it gotta be probably more than half the department that has good intentions because you know a lot of them do want to speak out against it but it's just kind of like you know either you some fresh rookie just starting your career or you, you kind of like go. you have nowhere to go yeah it's like you pretty much just gotta sit there and and, and know take- that you're working with killers and stuff and and not be able to do nothing about it Nothing like absolutely nothing to keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. I have to say because you know a lot of them do want to do that right thing, but it's like they they kind of stuck. They kind of in a compromising position. It's just like you know I want to do the right thing, but you know. But it's like when when, when did it become that you cannot do the right thing? Like it's a crime to do the right thing. Like it doesn't even yeah. make sense. It's it's like. Like we in the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Well, see, I'm the kind of person I don't really give a fuck about paycheck <laughs> and all that bullshit. I mean, when you turn around and you and you see that, you know, because we consider our black woman our queen. So when you see them being attacked like your mother was and whatnot, don't give a fuck about a, a, a pension or a paycheck. You got to jump in and do the right thing and support her because if you can't do that, then everything Martin Luther King did was in vain. Everything Rosa Parks did was in vain. Everything Harriet Tubman did was in vain. And it kind of brings us back up, like, you know, that's what kind of made me feel some kind of way about the whole Gail King interview with, with, uh, you know, Lisa Leslie. For one, this is a black black woman kind of bringing a black man down that's not even here to defend itself. Because I've heard, I've listened to my mom's name be dragged through the mud on, on, on the news. And it's just like, you know, as that as you being one of her kids and, you know, just just, you know, being a part of her is damn sure hurtful because it's like, you know, this is not the person that they they paint on a, on a TV screen. Right. I would so, look at the comments and I will be. Dying, I will be crying, but I'll be crying from laughing because I didn't I didn't um, I didn't fall into what they were saying. I just was like, these people were like so clueless. So it was kind of funny to me that they were saying, you could tell that they were listening to other cops. And then, yeah. and then um, some of it would be funny, but then, you know, overall it wasn't funny because it's like, I'm seriously struggling. You know what I mean? It was like, I'm looking at this stuff and these people dogging me. Um and then I thought, I don't want my kids to see this. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, I. somebody had asked me for Greg's address um, after I got fired, after they found out he punched me in my face, but I wouldn't give it to him because I said if something happened to them, I didn't want to be responsible for that, you know? Right. But um, the thing about it is, I didn't want to be treated the way I I was treated, but at the same time, you know, I didn't want something to happen to somebody else on account of me, right. even though, you know, um, I had, my kids had to suffer behind it. That was my main thing was my kids and what they had to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we had a nice discussion. We definitely want to do a part two about everything that's been uh, spoken on tonight. 
you know, between, you know, the Weinstein case and, uh, you know, police brutality, you know, everything going on with my sister, you know, we, we definitely will have to, you know, do a part two of this because it, it was definitely a good discussion. And uh, we definitely got a lot more to say and speak about because this is an important issue because, you know, as somebody with, with darker color skin, we are being picked off and killed off like animals and, you know, nobody bats an eye. So, right. You know, one one thing I did want to say, and I'm going to close it with this, was that, you know, when my mom did what she did, she wasn't thinking about no skin color. To her, it wasn't no white man choking a black man. It was just kind of like she seen a man in danger right. that just happened to have the same skin color as her by somebody with the opposite skin color. And it's right. like, she did. She wouldn't have did the right thing because had it been opposite, had she had it been a white man that she saved from a black officer, you know they would have. She she would have had a statue outside the city hall by now. Right, and 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 I'm with you on that. Let me just add this to it: uh, a quote that I had wrote, and I know I said it before, but um, I'm going to say it again in closing, which is: stop being loyal to your own liability and being faithful to the undermining of your own destiny like that. I like that, Jerry. And that's real talk. Mm-hmm. So we're going to close it with that. And uh, that's a wrap. Nerd boy. I'm going to push forward, keep moving along.